From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today on the show, we're getting ready for the 2018 filmmaker's Mardi Gras Bash, which will feature some of the best culinary talent that Mississippi has to offer. We have organizer and filmmaker Wilma Plumpton here to share details on this year's Top Chef-style competition. And as always, we want to hear what's happening inside your kitchen. So share your comments and experiences with us this morning. Give us a phone call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today on the show, we're getting ready for the 2018 filmmaker's Mardi Gras Bash, which will feature some of the best culinary talent that Mississippi has to offer. We have organizer and filmmaker Wilma Clumpton here to share details on this year's Top Chef-style competition. And as always, we want to hear what's happening inside your kitchen. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by giving us a phone call. The number's 1-877-MPB-RING. It's one 672 7464, or you can send an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you're doing well this morning. No, Kevin, I'm miserable. Uh oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Of course I'm doing fabulous. <laughs> um, I'm here with you on President's Day. It doesn't get much better than that. Had another, uh, it was a home chef this weekend, but uh, had some uh, fun cooking in the kitchen. Uh, I made some, uh, the, uh, what I liked was, uh, it was a pork tenderloin uh, with um, a, a green beans and a pear. Oh, wow. Roasted green beans and pears. That turned out really good. Uh, then I had uh, some pasta that had uh, cremini mushrooms and shiitake mushrooms. Um, and then last night I made some uh, homemade fried chicken, which uh, turned out really well. I was a little nervous. I'd not really fried chicken. And so I had the, the oil in the pan, and the pan was almost not big enough because when I put the chicken in, of course, it kind of bubbled up and it was right at the edge uh but uh well you know i love good. it when you get fancy what kind of mushrooms did you have kevin there were cremini, cremini. and, and uh, shiitake. And shiitake yes <laughs> so that turned out really really good also uh so um you brought in some food for us today um tell us uh, tell us what you brought in it looks it's really very tasty well look if i had known you had fried chicken last night we would do something hey, else today but you we can never have too much fried chicken <laughs> But we've got fried chicken and not just any fried chicken. Of course, I call this honey gold fried chicken. It's yummy, juicy southern fried chicken. You've got some homemade biscuits, Kevin. Those are cheddar cheese and chive biscuits with a little bit of twist to it. And I made you some sweet potato pudding. First of all, these are humongous chicken wings or chicken legs. I don't know. They must have been... In the Olympics or something to have legs well, like that. you know, that. Kevin, I've got legs like that. What are you trying to say? <laughs> it's nothing wrong with having nice legs. Where's, where's that ZZ Top <laughs> song when we need it? Um, also, the, the um, sweet potato is good. What makes it 
What makes it a pudding? Well, I, I have to buy the cookbook to find that out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a twist on, uh, you know, a traditional sweet potato pun. And it's a, it's really velvety. It's really creamy. It's not overly sweet. Uh, and it's the texture of it, Kevin, that makes it so incredible. And it's it's one of those bites that you have it and you go, wow, I think I want another bite of that. And it's got uh, big chunks of, uh, you told me, pineapple in it. It's so. got pineapples and granny apples roasted right on top. So, All right. Very good. Uh, if you'd like to join in our conversation this morning, the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Going to be visiting this morning with Wilma Compton about the filmmakers Mardi Gras Bash for 2018. Also in studio with us are folks from Eat Drink Mississippi, uh, the the magazine Eat Drink Mississippi. Uh, Paige is here with us. We're going to be doing a feature on us for a later issue, so we're excited about that, and we'll get to talk to Paige a little bit about the magazine later in the show. But again, if you'd like to join in, tell us what's going on in your kitchen you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Really, though, did you do you purposely look for because these are really big chicken legs? I mean, well, you know, of course, it, those are uh, a Mississippi company, Kevin, of course, and. Like any other, you know, product that you buy, it comes in a variety of sizes. That's why you can go to certain restaurants and you can find some chicken pieces that are really, you know, big and then some are much smaller based on uh, the when the company releases the bird. So this is a Sanderson Farm product. Uh, and then I marinated it uh, last night in a special brine, which uh, kind of plumped it up a little bit as well, Kevin. So, you know, you got a little bit going on there. So what do you think about the texture it's good, and it has a nice light um, skin to it. It's it's very crispy. So what do you use? Well, it's probably another secret <laughs> that you can't tell me. No, I can tell you that, Kevin. The only thing that, you know, when I'm frying chicken, I have, you know, several different chicken recipes. With this particular recipe, the only thing that's on there is just some flour and some salt and some pepper. That's it. It's really basic, really simple. The secret to getting that beautiful, crispy coating that you're looking at and that you love because all the chicken is covered, it colors beautiful, is making sure before you add your chicken to your flour that you pat the chicken dry. You don't want to put a wet piece of chicken into that flour because then it makes it clumpy. You don't get that smooth texture. It fries up so much better when the flour is dry when you drop it into your um, hot oil. And it makes for a beautiful presentation at the end. The recipe I did last night actually had um, mayonnaise that you added a little bit of water to to make the coating. And so you dip the chicken in the mayonnaise mixture first and then the um, the coating. And it worked pretty well. I think it added a nice flavor to it. But I, I had never heard of, you know, I'd heard of like of an egg wash or something. And I guess mayonnaise has eggs in it. So I guess that's the theory, I suppose. Not only does it have the egg in it, but it gives you a nice buttery taste when you're frying your chicken or, you know, when you're using it for cakes and other things. Mayonnaise is, or mayonnaise, marinaise, however you want to say it, you know, it can be used for lots of things from salads to making cakes, Kevin. I mean, it's, it has multi-purposes. It's a great uh, facial uh, product to use. It's great for your hair if you have dry skin. I mean, there's just a lot of different things that you can do with it. So while you're cooking, you can also give yourself a nice moisturizer. <laughs> I'll have to bring a, a jar of mayonnaise into the shower with me and see how that works. 
Um, so let's talk a little bit about the biscuits. They're very colorful. You can see the, the cheddar cheese in there, and you can also see, I think you mentioned the chives. So tell us how you did those. It's it's just a basic biscuit re- recipe, Kevin. And at the you know right at the end, I just fold in a little bit of sour cream. Um, there's some Parmesan cheese, some uh, cheddar cheese, a mild cheddar, and just a few chives. Roll out the biscuits, pop them in the oven. Biscuits are one of the easiest things on the planet to make. Hey, uh, Deborah, I think let me if I could just jump in a little bit from the uh, producer booth. Um, I think that goes with how we were talking about the different combinations of foods. Like, how did you come up with to add that to your biscuit? Like, you know, most people just get the regular recipe and make a nice fluffy biscuit. But you always put a little extra extra into it. Well, cheddar chive biscuits is not, you know, that's nothing new. It's been, you know, on the market. As a matter of fact, there's a, a chain restaurant that sells it with this seafood. So you go in and you get these wonderful little bites of biscuits. And, you know, so it's nothing new. But I think my favorite biscuit combination that I've done uh, is cranberries added in with some pecans. And then there's a honey glaze on top. Biscuits are the perfect breading for you to add some other elements in it to change your dish, whether you're adding in some rosemary or a little mint. I mean, just, you know, you can take a traditional butter biscuit and turn it into something that's just absolutely heavenly. Everybody's eating this morning. I love this. (laughs) But I think, you know, Java brings up a a good point, and that is one way to sort of create new things and to make a recipe that you might find in a cookbook or that someone tells you about your own is to when you taste it, say, hey, chives might be good with this biscuit or something like that and just be experimental i guess the idea is don't be afraid to experiment in the kitchen if it doesn't work oh well try again next time but if it does you might find something that uh, you know becomes one of your go-to recipes i think one of the things that happens um, you know kevin it traditionally people felt like if i didn't follow the recipe exactly then you know i'm going to mess up now there are some standards that you can't mess up that you know especially when you're baking those measurements are very important but being able to add uh, you know additional flavors and textures into your food it, it get, not only does it make for a beautiful plate, but it's a more satisfying meal. Uh, one of the next recipes that we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing some sweet potato biscuits, Kevin. Okay. I mean, there's nothing that you can't take. And, and, and the world is full of not millions, not billions, but trillions of ideas. And so you might as well jump in and try yours. I had some last time I was in Pensacola, I had some sweet potato um, bread pudding. Yes. That was interesting because then they dunked it in chocolate, so it was quite good. Well, you can't go wrong dunking anything in chocolate. <laughs> you can put dirt in chocolate and I'd be happy. <laughs> hey, we need to uh, take a quick break. After the break, we're going to talk with a truly remarkable woman. Dr. Wilma Mosley-Clompton is a writer, producer, and director of films here in Mississippi and the organizer of the 2018 filmmakers Mardi Gras Bash. The event features some of the best chefs in the state. Stay tuned. Well, you can join the conversation by giving us a call at one eight seven seven. MPB Ring. It's one 7464 Back with more after this. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. 
Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today on the show, we're visiting with uh, Dr. Wilma Clumpton, and we're going to be talking about the 2018 filmmaker's Mardi Gras Bash that's coming up and featuring uh, some of the best culinary talent in Mississippi. This year, there's a Top Chef-style competition, so we'll talk to her about that. Also visiting with us today is Paige from the magazine Eat, Drink, Mississippi. Uh, we'll, uh, we're going to be featured in an upcoming episode, and we'll talk to Paige about that uh, later in the show. So, um, so Deborah, how do, how do you know Dr. Clompton? Well, I call her my other mom. She's a absolutely amazing woman, and uh, we've met a few years ago. And I've been a part of the event for the last three years, and she's one of the kindest people that I know. So, oh my goodness, see now, and, not only is she trying to fatten me up, <laughs> but she's talking about me being kind. But thank you so much. Yeah, she's uh, offered a lot of wisdom along the way as I've been uh, working on this cooking with honey and friends brand, and uh, you know she'll tell me straighten up. So <laughs> you got to have people in your life that'll do that for you. So, Dr. Clompton, thanks for joining us. Tell us, if you would, a little bit about your, your background. Oh, let's see. Where do I start? I came back to Jackson. First of all, I'm the daughter of Dr. Jesse Mosley and Dr. Charles Mosley. So, you know, when you have heritage like that, you can't just sit still. You're supposed to come back and do something. So and when my mother passed, I came back and started doing things in film, of all things, because it's so important to me that we save the stories of uh, untold stories of Mississippi African-American history here in Mississippi, because a lot of times the stories are not told the way they should be told by the time they get out. And in order to support what we do, that's why we started the Filmmakers Bash, because we have a lot of fun six years ago, and Deborah has been just phenomenal in terms of helping me make this work. So Thank you. That's kind of how we get to where we are today. I don't do anything, Kevin. I just get in her way. Don't let her fool you. <laughs> no, she does. Well, actually... Should I tell that you're one of the judges? Because, I mean, your palate is so so great, and I'm appreciative of your sharing that with us. And that's why they get there early. We have three judges that will kill anybody if we try and let anybody else be a judge, I think. Exactly. <laughs> so they get there, and they sample all the food, and the chefs are absolutely phenomenal. They've been supporting and doing things that just knock it out the park as it talks about the Mississippi palate. In fact, they're advancing our taste buds a little bit, and it will be coming. What do you? call it epicurean yes. in our taste so yeah. that we are sophisticated enough that we can eat anywhere in the world and know what we're eating. And I think for me, one of the the most uh, intimidating things was the very first year that I got to do the event uh, because I'm a novice in a lot of ways and not a culinary change, trained chef. And so to have all these amazing personalities oh, yeah. standing in the room looking like food gods <laughs> um, and I, you know, and I had yeah. to come by and taste their food. But what was really sweet is everybody was so kind and so willing to share and and everybody was being you know very encouraging and everybody's food was amazing absolutely they i cannot begin to tell people how these chefs really do go all out to make this event outstanding and it's 
Also because they believe in what we at uh, the NMHS Unlimited Film Productions do in terms of saving history one story at a time. So they give it their all to make sure that it's an event, a memorable event, and this year is no different. We're calling it the 2018 Filmmakers Mardi Gras Bash. So we've got a VIP champagne reception, and Rhonda Richmond is going to be there singing her heart out, doing things that will make so people are so excited. And we're introducing a sous chef competition this year. Yeah. So we have two wonderful sous chefs coming out. Uh, Malcolm Evans and Philip Brown, who will be battling it out for the first ever top sous chef. And the VIP will have a chance to experience that wonderful food. Now, you know I'm a VIP. Absolutely. So I am eating everything that's not nailed down. (laughs) Then from uh, 7 to 9, of all things, we have Melvin Housecat Hendricks who is known for his blues singing, but he is going to go Zydeco this year. Oh, wow. That's going to be I fun. I can't wait to see it. He has a new group called Pocket. Okay. And they are so excited. I know they're just going to just tear the house up. And then we have four wonderful chefs who, if I told you what they were going to be doing, they'd kill me because they're competing against each other in terms of decoration and everything. So you have to come to the Mississippi Museum of Art on February the 24th from 6 to 9 and enjoy all the festivities. It really is our version of uh, Cutthroat Kitchen. (laughs) It's pretty amazing to see the chefs kind of battling it out, you know, and and everybody's nervous at the end trying to see who's going to win. But it's, it's a lot of fun. It is. And there are people from all of the state that show up. And these chefs are, some of them are world-trained chefs. Yes. They didn't just study here in the States, but some of these people have traveled all over the world, and they bring those culinary skills to this table. So I'm excited. And it's this Saturday, so, you It know. is this Saturday, yeah. and I must mention the chefs, if that's okay. Absolutely. So we have Chef Wyatt Williams, who is just has a wonderful following. I'm watching him trend on Facebook. And then Roshana Newsom is also coming. Damien Shelby, who's also trending. I mean, I'm watching the people that know he's coming. And then Marilyn, and I call her Gumbo Girl. Absolutely. Oh, Kutuka. Yes. Yes. What better thing to be a person to have than good gumbo? And she's really going to knock it out the park, too. So people need to get ready for the excitement of the filmmakers' Mardi Gras bash. Wow. So we'll talk a little bit more about the event itself, but I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about um, filmmaking and why you chose that medium as a way to tell a story to to get a message across. I'm just so glad you asked that question because (laughs) I'm wondering that myself. (laughs) I was sitting next to the then president of the NAACP, Gus McCoy. And that was in 2004, somewhere in that time frame. It was the 100th anniversary of the NAACP. And he was lamenting the fact that he did not have a film for the event. And I thought, oh, I can do that. Well, that's because I thought I could do that. <laughs> I was had a, owned a company in St. Louis. I was a public relations marketing person and had a PR firm, and I would do commercials for my clients. And I thought, okay, we can translate doing commercials into filming. Not because <laughs> I 
<laughs> I do documentaries, not commercials. And the documentaries are based on archival footage as well as interviews from specific people. Well, Gus had specific people in mind, and all of them required archival footage. And it took quite a while to get archival footage in those days. And guess what? It took longer to get the footage than when the film was due. So I was like in deep prayer. Well, God is always good, and I was able to get what I needed and produce my first 10-minute film for that event. Now, would you believe I was late for a 10-minute film? (laughs) I was nervous. I thought, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing here. So when I got there, it was shown at the Walthall, which, you know, had that theater at at one point in time. And so I walked in, and people were just in there just watching it over and over again. I said to my husband, I need they're watching the film. Because they'd seen about three times by the time I had gotten there, you know, 10-minute film. And that's how it started It was just by happenstance, but nothing is by happenstance. If you're on the path that has been created for you, that God has prepared for you, then it comes together in such a way that that the magic is absolutely unbelievable. I'm doing what I was meant to do. I'm excited about telling these stories, and I feel very honored that the people are sharing them with me, some of them have never been told before. For me, it was um, the first time that I got to sit in and watch a film. It, it's not just watching the film, but it's, it really is watching the audience engage. And you see the and feel the emotions that's in the room mm-hmm. because some of these stories are uh, yes. so soulful and so powerful. And again, they're stories that have not been told. And so it's quite amazing uh, well, just to even be in the room. That's the all of the film and we've done 12 of them. And. It is just amazing to me that people would allow us to be the keeper of these thoughts. And and they say it in such a way that they appeal to any audience because you can empathize with pain, and that's what people see. They see the pain of the truth not being able to be told or shared with even their family. And and my dear friend, uh, Dr. Ali Shirley, whose film and for whom we've named an award, is a very uh, empathic film because she tells things that she never told anyone. And I just remember her smiling and always looking at me and saying, how did you get me to tell all of that? <laughs> you know, she never told anyone. She told me, and she had not told her children either. Wow. So when they first saw her story... It was in a theater setting or a show setting, and that was the first time that they saw what their mother had been through. But that's the way most of them are. So uh, do you think uh, in the future you might do a documentary connected to food somehow? Hmm, I love food. <laughs> I love documenting. If I can stop eating it enough, I might just be able to make a film. <laughs> Kevin, I think that's absolutely brilliant. I mean, what yeah. better place than Mississippi to tell a really amazing food story? Because the his- Yeah, because mm-hmm. the history here is incredible. Well, I think I have a beautiful person sitting in front of me who would be just perfect for, oh. the, for the You're camera. talking about Kevin? Of course, yeah, Kevin, of course, yes. yes. Kevin, you can come. Okay. okay, you can come. Background only, background only. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that's an excellent idea because one of the things that I did for uh, when I was on the Speakers Bureau for the Mississippi Humanities is called Bon Appetit, y'all. And I think that that would be an excellent thing for people to see how food has evolved in Mississippi as it relates not only to economics, but the work trends that happen here. Absolutely. You know, heavy food, which we still eat, was there was a reason for it. So absolutely, let's think about it. 
So the event is coming up. It's the 2018 Filmmakers Mardi Gras Bash. It's at the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson this Saturday, uh, February 24th. So when we talk about a Top Chef competition, so these chefs just pick out their best dish and cook it. And now you're judging, Deborah. So uh, give us a little bit of idea of how the whole competition works. So you've got chefs that are, uh, you know, they are head chefs, a lot of them at top restaurants across the state. And um, they come and they choose whatever the, their dish is. There, there are some requirements based on. And it's a theme. Uh, yeah, it's a theme. And so that's part of the requirement. And, and presentation, of course, is, is also a part of that. And so then we get to, you know, for, my first thing is the visual appeal. So I walk around and I take a look, uh, you know, not just at the way you prepare your food, but how did you prepare your workstation? What, you know, what's going on there? And then you get to go around and taste. The other thing that I look for as a judge, too, is also how the chef engaged uh, their guests, because I think hospitality is a very important part of uh, any any meal that you have. If you're serving a meal that's being served without kindness, you might as well keep it as far as I'm concerned. So there's a lot of elements that go into it. And, uh, and I've not been disappointed. And it's really hard judging, Kevin, because I think every year everybody should get an award <laughs> because they really put all of their heart and soul into it. Everybody shows up, uh, I mean, with... They're pulling out the big guns. It's really an amazing really event, nice. and I think everybody in the state should show up. I mean, you got food, you got Mardi Gras. It's just, and you got a great film that's going to be shown. Oh yes, and I heard that they were sure serving some champagne somewhere too. Yes, it's the VIP <laughs> champagne, and don't forget our international marketplace with with wonderful items from all around the world that people can bid on for the silent auction. Which Absolutely, is, people have been collecting all year long, and. Some of them may not make it to the marketplace because they look so good. I think I'll have to contribute to my <laughs> own marketplace. <laughs> but it's it's a, a wonderful part of it. Absolutely. And so, it's, again, it's this Saturday. Uh, give us, again, the, the details, the time. Uh, and uh... From 6 to 7 will be the VIP champagne um, reception and the sous chef competition. Kevin and I are get there at 530. I'm just saying. <laughs> See, and I'll, yes, I understand. And I'll tell you a little antidote before. If the rest of it is from 7 to 9, and that will be the bash itself, and there will be chefs and food and competition. And I have to tell you, I really believe that the judges are in collusion because one year they said they couldn't decide. And so they had to go around and eat and eat and eat. <laughs> I'm convinced that's what it was about. It was eating all that food. I mean, one more taste of that and then I'll <laughs> know. Exactly. But, uh, seriously, you know, literally, the, because the chefs are really bringing the best of the best of what they have to offer, Kevin. And sometimes it does become very difficult. And, and the other part that happens there is that the audience actually gets to participate as well and helping choose particular categories for judges so everybody gets to have a lot of fun Mm -hmm. it's a lot of food it's a lot of great entertainment and you know you get to get all dolled up oh you you do get dolled up and i was getting ready to change it maybe for next year and somebody said oh no this is what this is a chance to really get dressed up but i wanted to just go back to when you said that people do get an opportunity to vote so when they vote on their favorite chef we also have a people's choice award so the chefs can either have Top Chef, which is the judge part of the event where they're competing against each other, but they also have an opportunity to be voted on by the people in attendance, and they will re- one person will receive the t- uh, People's Choice Award. All right, and a reminder of the chefs taking uh, participating uh, in the uh, 2018 Filmmakers Mardi Gras Bash this Saturday, uh, uh, February 24th at the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson are Chef Damien Shelby, Executive Chef at the King Edward Hotel, 
Chef Rashana Newsom, sous chef of the Manship Wood-Fired Kitchen in Jackson. Chef Wyatt Williams, executive chef at Sodexo Southern Farm Bureau Life in Jackson. And Chef Marilyn Kathuka, uh, the chef and owner of Gumbo Girl. And I'm wondering if she'll bring her husband along with her because oh, he's an important uh, part of that combination. Of so course we, he'll be there. We, we know what uh, great uh, gumbo they, they make there at uh, Gumbo Girl. So um, if someone needs more information, maybe the social media following, what, where would they go? They can go to www.blackhistoryplus.com. All the information is there, and they can purchase tickets, or they may call 601-259-7598 for more information. Very good. Okay, we need to take another quick break. When we get back, we'll continue things. Uh, This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Back with more after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Big thanks to Dr. Will McClompton, who stopped by this morning to let us know about the 2018 filmmaker's Mardi Gras bash. And yeah, who just snuck in and got another cheddar biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I love bash. it when that happens, right? <laughs> the bash is Saturday, uh, February 24th at the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. And I think you said it started at 6. So lots of uh, great chefs there. Should be a fun evening and a tasty evening as well. Uh, Deborah will be one of the judges. And, and you know, we, I think you might kid around and say, oh, gosh, you've got a tough job. But I think the one point that you made, I found the same thing when judging something, is when something's good, you you see it or read it or just taste it or whatever, and you think, okay. And then to me, it's difficult then to say, well, this is better than this and this tastes better than that. So while it's, it really I think it would be tough, a fun okay. job, I think it, it, it's difficult. It's it's really difficult for a couple of different reasons. Number one, you you um, you know most of the culinary people I've gotten to know on some levels, you know, so then it becomes very personal, and you have to figure out how to how not to let it be personal. And then the food is incredible; it's one dish after the other, and they're very creative dishes, uh, very flavorful dishes, very beautiful to look at, and so it it really does become very difficult. And what's really amazing to me is that uh, many times the people choice is always different mm. uh, than what the judges, you know, find to be, uh, you know, the best palate or whatever. So it, it does become a lot of fun because then, you know, when the people have chosen a particular chef, sometimes it can get a little irritated that we didn't choose the same <laughs> chef. So it's really interesting. As I mentioned earlier on the show, uh, Paige McKay from Eat Drink Mississippi Magazine is here. We're going to talk to her for just a few minutes. Uh, Paige, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you all for having me. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. So I graduated from Mississippi State two years ago in public relations. Um, so I've just kind of been in and out trying to find a job that I liked, and I think I finally found it. So I'm the associate editor for the magazine. So I edit, look through things, but she's also put me on recently as a writer. So just kind of do a little bit of everything. And I think Eat Drink Mississippi, of course, you know, I'm a huge fan. And I was telling you earlier that one of the biggest blessings that I've had um, as I've been building this dream of mine is for JJ to show up and show so much grace and kindness. So, JJ, if you're listening, good morning. <laughs> and JJ is? She's actually the owner of the company. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the magazine page. So the magazine is a bi-monthly magazine kind of highlighting Mississippi culinary in all aspects. So we do recipes from local people. Um, we highlight people that have gone on to other parts in the United States or other parts of the world and a Mississippi Beyond, Mississippi to Beyond feature. So 
people that have gone off to Chicago and have their own restaurants or from Mississippi, you know, stuff like that. Mississippi food bloggers will feature a blogger every issue. Um, Mississippi cookbooks, so anyone that has ties to Mississippi has a cookbook. So we have those standing features in each magazine, and then we do restaurant reviews for the five travel regions of Mississippi. So there's always five restaurants featured. So just highlighting Mississippi culinary and all the stuff that comes with it, people, places, everything. When I look through the magazine, it, it, to me, Kevin, it kind of feels like uh, what Walt Grayson does, you know, going through the state. It's just done in a in a literary standpoint mm-hmm. where they literally go through, you know, all these amazing little sometimes hideaway places that we yes. wouldn't have normally even known about right there in the magazine. And these are beautiful articles, great photographs, and it feels very homey and very friendly. It's really easy. Read. Yeah. And to me, it almost sounds kind of like a modeled after maybe Southern Living, where it's just kind of all aspects of, of you know, food culture and food uh, for Mississippi. Uh, how long has the magazine been around? Started in 2011. Okay. So they've had issues since the beginning of 2012, I believe. So about six years. And uh, tell us a bit about your, your background in terms of food. Were you someone that uh, enjoyed doing things in the kitchen? Honestly, until now, not really. Um, I love food. I didn't really like cooking it, but... Um, <laughs> But restaurant scene and all that stuff I was pretty familiar with, so I knew that food and writing were two of my favorite things, and now here I am. So combine two things that I never thought I would want to combine. Which which is, you know, to me, almost kind of like a natural flow, because the thing that people do when they're eating is they talk about the food. Yep. And so to be able to put that conversation in writing, it just seems like the next natural thing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. And I imagine the photographing, photography is a big part of the of the magazine because you want to give people an mm-hmm. idea. You know, we talk on the show a lot about how a big part of, of food, enjoying food, is the visual aspect of it. Um, so tell me, have you have you uh, um, researched having like scratch and sniff so that people can also smell? <laughs> right, for real. <laughs> That's a good one. Kevin. I always take pictures when I come back and tell my friends and family, like, oh, this is what I ate and it looks so good. I'm just like, y'all have no idea. Picture can't do it justice. <laughs> I really like that idea, Kevin, because you remember when we were little kids, you would have the little scratch mm-hmm. things in your uh, coloring books or whatever. If somebody would really, somebody's going to go and do this now, and and, and you and I <laughs> just lost ten million it. dollars. Gosh, really? <laughs> but it just makes sense to be able to scratch the page and be able to smell the lasagna or smell the fried chicken to kind of, you know, enhance the whole visual yeah. idea. Because just think about it: if you had uh, what they call smell a vision for, you know, those cooking channels, and when when uh, Rachel Ray's in the in the kitchen, and you know, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Although People I, would never leave home. No. Although, well, I, I will say at the fragrance counter at the mall, I, it always smelled like cardboard to me. I never could quite uh, get the, the scent of whatever they were trying to. <clears throat> but, yeah, scratch and sniff, I don't know what happened to that. Because as, as Deborah mentioned, when you know, we were younger, you could always I, – I, I think there were some magazines that I would tear through just to find that. And, you know, you ruin it for the rest of the people because that thing would wear out after a while. But um, So we're talking uh, to the associate editor for Eat Drink Magazine, Paige McKay. So, Paige, uh, I'm excited to hear that you're doing a feature about Deep South Dining. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited. <laughs> Make sure you tell them that Kevin's my Monday morning man, okay? okay. <laughs> I need that in writing. <laughs> but also, it seems like it gets here that, you know, things in your magazine range from Girl Scout cookies to James Beard Award winner. So, oh, it's yeah. again, you're, you're trying to cover the whole gamut of It's of all food. over from, you know, James Beard to just local people that like to cook. So, it ranges the... The, we cover everything. You try to cover everything Mississippi. Literally, the, the the title of the magazine, Kevin, Eat, Drink, Mississippi, is really what it is. It is 
all things Mississippi, you know, uh, whether you're producing a, a food product or actually cooking something and having the restaurant. And I love that idea. It's, you know, for, for me, it is just like being here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It really is celebrating who we are in, in this instance, just in food culture, culture in a yes. magazine. So um, how do you go about uh, picking the, the restaurants for review? Do, do, do you have contacts maybe in each part of the state that can give you some suggestions? I personally don't do that. That is what J.J. does, my boss. So I think she and her husband kind of look at places, you know, hear of new places, and then they'll normally go test it out and then send me or whoever else throughout the state because since I'm in the central part, I'll kind of do the restaurants around here. I've gone to Starville before, so they'll kind of scope them out and then send their riders on their way to review the restaurants. It's a lot of fun. I've gotten some good food <laughs> places I might not have gone before, before this. Well, and I, to me, that's the other good thing about uh, a review like that. I know that uh, when my brother and I went on a trip to Memphis uh, a couple years ago, you know, we found the local uh, paper and it had a good review of a place. And so we went there. So uh, it's, it's, it's a good way to, to spread the word about the good food that's, that's available in all parts of Mississippi. Oh, yeah. So do you always let people know that you're coming or do you just ever yeah. show up and surprise them? No, I'll contact them beforehand and, you know, first ask them if they want me to do this and um, we'll schedule within a week or so. So I'll go up there and whenever they're not so crowded and kind of test the food, play around, take pictures and talk to the chef or the owner, whoever wants to be interviewed i thought you maybe you'd act like heaven and show up like one of those big new york you know food critics oh yeah and just show up and you know darling take this away it's yeah it's disgusting you know no i try to give I'm him a heads teasing. up at least i'm teasing kevin is a sweetheart he is your, give him your best gordon ramsay yeah <laughs> all right um i just had a call come in over the uh, over the line page and it was a person in louisiana and they were actually trying to see how could they could subscribe or get the magazine. Okay. You have something online, you know, if you can't. So just tell us, I guess, basically how, you, how we can get the magazine. Yeah, so um, you can really just go online, eatdrinkmississippi.com, and there's a subscribe button on there. Um, you can do a two-year or a one-year subscription. And if you also go online to the website, there is a newsstand location tab because mm-hmm. we do have some newsstands in other states. I know Louisiana, Alabama, and Tennessee and some other southern states. Um, you can see where they're found in each city, but if they're not in her city, then she can just subscribe online. All right. Uh, we need to take one final break this hour. We're here with uh, Eat Drink Mississippi's associate editor, Paige McKay. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be back after this to wrap things up. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Had a lot of fun on the show today. Earlier in the show, we talked with uh, Dr. Wilma Clumpton about the 2018 filmmaker's Mardi Gras Bash. Uh, It's an evening of fun and food, Saturday, February 24th at the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. Uh, there'll be a Top Chef competition featuring some of the top chefs across Mississippi. Uh, they'll be preparing their favorite dishes, and uh, judges will vote to see what the best is, but also anyone who attends will also get a chance to sample some things, and there is an Audience Choice Award, so you'll be involved if you're there uh, in trying to pick out the winner as well. Also today, we've been talking with uh, Paige McKay, the associate editor of Eat Drink Mississippi magazine. It's uh, Paige has been telling us about the work that they do there. It's a statewide magazine that talks about the 
the uh, the cooking culture here in Mississippi, and uh, we are fortunate enough that they're doing a feature on Deep South Dining for the magazine, so that's one of the reasons why Paige is visiting us here today. You know, earlier I talked about uh, my latest, I don't know what you call them, you know, Blue Apron is the one I use more Blue often than not, so <clears throat> maybe we can make that like Kleenex and just have that as the generic term, but these services that send you the food and that you prepare them uh, to make some meals, and I would encourage anybody that uh, maybe is is adventurous in the kitchen to go ahead and try one. I, I don't recommend one over the other. There's there's a number of them uh, to pick from. Find the one that you like. Uh, but to me, it's a lot of fun. Uh, they're easy to follow instructions, and uh, you know. And I guess this might be true with you, Deborah. When you when you cook something, and maybe in the middle of it, you're thinking, "Gosh, you know, this isn't looking right," or "I'm not sure I'm doing this right." But you you plug ahead. But then when you you finish something and you plate your dish and everything, and it's done and looks like in my case, almost like it does in the picture, there really is a, a sense of accomplishment when you when you finish up some a, a project in the kitchen. You know what, Kevin, you are absolutely right about that. And even when you think it's not right, if you just, you can tweak it a little bit and make it absolutely wonderful. And you, you may even come up with a new recipe in the process. But I say, even if it looks a mess, just pretend like it's a Picasso. <laughs> and that you're at one of those very expensive restaurants that smear something on a plate and drop something on it and charge you $1,800 for it. And everybody will be happy. Nobody will complain about that, Kevin. Well, I think that the, uh, the most problem I ever had with one was it was working with dough so I was making a calzone or something like that and I really in the middle of it was almost ready to to you know throw it all in but I I got it to work sort of it wasn't exactly the per- perfect shape or whatever but you know they they cooked uh, and actually they were quite good so again uh, I, I, I find it to be you know a, a challenge I think there's a lot of of foods and combinations of foods that I would have never tried for instance the green beans and the Bartlett pear uh, that those roasted together like that, I would have never thought about that, and probably would have never tried it on my own. But that was part of the dinner, and so fixed it, and it was very, very good. And the other thing is with those, you know, you might not be able to replicate the complete meal, but I've found, especially the side items, has uh, been good. And I've really discovered roasted vegetables very simple to do, but very flavorful as well. The thing that I really want to say, though, Kevin, I am, I am so, so proud of you. You know, it's it's to venture out and to try new things and especially to try new foods because most people tend to, what I say, stay in a complete square when it comes to eating. They go to the same restaurants and then they complain about, you know, I'm bored or they'll cook the exact same things at home. And if you're not careful, not only will you do your food like that, but you'll tend to live your life like that. And so little bitty changes, whether it's trying a new restaurant may just give you the courage to try something else new in life. So if you, you know, if you've never eaten, you know, Asian, uh, real Asian cuisine before, it might inspire you to take a trip. Uh, you know, if, if you've, if you never have, you know, had real Italian food, and I don't mean the stuff that we sell and say is Italian food, but I mean, real Italian food, it may inspire you to learn a language. So I'm always encouraging people, you know, food is really a lot like life. And and it's really funny uh, because I didn't realize until I started working on this cookbook how many references to food is actually in the Bible. So there's something that the universe that God is trying to tell us to be experimental. It it is a part of who we all are. It connects us into you know in so many amazing ways. But to live your life being adventurous, 
food is the, is the quickest way to do that. It's really easy. And then if you're cooking at home and you don't like it, nobody else has to know it. You know, it's something you can do in private. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, both of the services I use, uh, the, the food has always been good. I don't think I've ever really had a dish where I was like, meh, that wasn't very Some Obviously, some better than others. Uh, but uh, it's, it's really good. And again, it's got me to test things uh, that I don't think I would have tried otherwise. Let me ask you. So when you were, you know, rolling out your calzones and putting your hand in that dough, what did it make you feel like? Well, I mean, that's one thing I, I've always liked, and I've not been ever been a good gardener, but the un, the one thing I did like about gardening was getting your hands in the soil. And to me, the other thing is just kneading things. I mean, it's funny to me, especially like if you make a meatloaf and you've got to put your hands in there to mix the meat and the egg and all that together, it's when you're done, you're like, ugh. But when you're doing it, there's something very um, it's cathartic yeah. about that. It's, 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 uh, it's a lot of fun. And again, to me, it, you do have a sense of accomplishment when you finish something and you realize, hey, I put that all together, especially if I, you know, I post all my stuff on Facebook. And I guess some people might be, especially on Instagram, they, but that guy posted another picture of food. But it's, to me, it's fun when people, you know, oh, I like that. They give you the thumbs up or whatever. So um, it's it can be an ego stroke, but it's a lot of fun. And, again, good quality uh, from the two services I use, and I think all of them are. So find one uh, that you like and, uh, and go with it. We're going to have a little bit of fun here in the last few minutes of the show. We've got some um, – Three ways that uh, the America's Test Kitchen breaks down you in the kitchen. Uh, it's one is weekday dishes, quick, flavorful dishes you can prepare during the busy week. The Sunday spread is big meals that take a little more time and effort but feed the whole family, uh, usually more than one course. And then baked goodness, those delicious baked sweets from the simple to the decadent. Many cooks uh, make baked sweets their specialty. So, Deborah, if you were to sort of pick one of those three as kind of your cooking style, your cooking persona, which which one would you choose? All of the above. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but but I like, you know, the idea of quick dishes during the week, you know, because y- y- your life is busy. You, you do have to eat and it's, you know, and it's whether you are planning on getting married and you want to do something romantic or you got kids and, you know, you don't, you don't want to be in there all day. So I tell people all the time, keep some pasta in the house. Uh, you know, it's, it's quick. It's easy. Making sauces. It's very simple. It doesn't take a whole lot of you know rocket science keep you some butter some cream a little wine in your house keep you some salt and pepper always keep you some you know some chicken you know you run by the market grab some fresh seafood pasta dishes are always a winner kevin and they're very very easy I think I would be a combination of the Sunday spread and baked goodness. I think the Sunday spread because to me as a single person when you cook something up that makes several courses uh, you're doing yourself a favor because then during the week it's easier to just reheat something in the microwave. And again, with these boxed dinners, it's good because it's basically I get three two-people dinners. So that's six meals for me. So it's almost a complete week. So it's good to know that you kind of doll things up in the weekend. You really put your chops in the kitchen and, and have some stuff out. And then for the rest of the week, when maybe you're a little bit busier with work and other things, uh, you can grab something, slap it in the microwave, and you can uh, you can have it. And again, with baking, I don't know, cookies and cakes and pies, oh. I guess because I like to eat them so much, but I really enjoy kind of the baking aspect as well. The baking is really great. And I, and I sh- to share with people all the time, teach your children how to bake. You teach them quick science and, and wonderful math, and and they love it. It's something that they can put their little fingers in. It's wonderful. Keep some little cookie jars on the counter. They'll take pride, just like you do, Kevin, when you created a meal, and you can say, you know, I did that. You know, that's the beautiful thing about cooking is that everybody can have a sense of accomplishment. And what you said was, you know, being single, but literally, you know, especially if you have a family, you don't want to, you know, spend all day, every day 
cooking. So to be able to cook a meal over the weekend and then to repurpose it, you may, you know, you cook a side and you can add something to it or take something away and take one dish and create several things during the course of the week. I will say, though, to be the guest when it's the Sunday spread is always a good thing because invariably you're going to get a big plate of leftovers. To be the guest, Kevin. That's so funny. You know, and it's my phone usually starts ringing Sunday evening. So, hey, what are you doing tomorrow after church? I was like, I'm not cooking. <laughs> Who's taking me out? And being single, Kevin, it's been it's like the craziest thing because guys will call and say, not can I take you out to dinner? Like, when are you going to cook? Like, that's something attractive to say to me, right? <laughs> All right, uh, that's going to wrap us up for today. We had a a fun day today. Uh, Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced today by Java Chapman, and our call screener was Michelle McAdoo. So for Deborah Hunter and our guests, uh, Wilma Wilma Clompton and Paige Paige, Paige McKay. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned. It's Up next, biscuits. it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. Southern Remedy follows that at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio. <laughs>